21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. It's not a happenstance that we have had during last three to four years these incredible upheavals, transformations, and indeed disruptions. These uh, happen because uh, our societies, all in all, have come to the point where they are so complex that there are just more and more surprises coming out of this complex system. And, and so if we think about the pandemic, if we think about the, the, the Russian attack and the war in Ukraine, uh, if we think about this rise of the national populism that has shaken many countries uh, politically, and many other, also including uh, the technology and artificial intelligence and machinery in particular, which is also transforming our world and the whole digitalization. All of this is happening because there has been actually tremendous exponential growth in the last 70 years. And now we have become kind of a crooks of that. where we are seeing the impact, uh, the least of which is it, it, it is not climate change and global warming and environmental destruction and the destruction of the ecosystems in general. So all of this is happening because we humans have maybe unintentionally built this type of a situation. And it has both positive and negatives. The negatives obviously are that we are destroying our planet and we have too many wars. The positive is that, yes, we have uh, invented some magnificent technologies that enable us from everything, from getting out of the dull routine uh, jobs to, uh, to produce uh, products and services for all people in this planet. The problem is, of course, that the distribution is not where it should be. And, and, and that's about the, the question of awareness and the consciousness. So it's like a, we have come to here in a very rapid fashion, and now we are wondering what to do with all of this that we have created. And, and, and that's where we stand. And we are, we are struggling with that because we are not seeing that actually we need to go now to the next phase and understand that we are a global community finally and uh, and and there is no way back there is no way back to the local and national communities only even if you wish that there would be chance to go this back on this kind of a golden age where we were left alone and and doing our own stuff and you know not bothered by the others this is not going to come back. And besides, uh, there are lots of these, like uh, uh, our not-so-friend Putin, that thinks that he can bring the Russia back to the times when it was still imperial state. And 
Uh, and of course, all of us know that that's, that's impossible and dangerous dream, and he's going to fail that. But because we have those guys that do not understand that we have, we are actually in a very different state to where it was only 20, 30 or 50 years ago. Uh, they, we, we, we are kind of a conflicting with this kind of a very old images, whereas we should be really, really uh, uh, making use of what we have actually gathered as knowledge, information, learning, understanding, and with that build a very very different kind of a global society based on collaboration and solidarity. Yesterday I fell asleep at night I woke up in the spaceship traveling at the speed of light. We have actually gathered enormous amount of information, not just because of the science, but because of the technology and because of a education that has brought us this, this level. I'm landing on a star with little flying cars. And this is all fine, but then there is another part which we may call consciousness. And that consciousness is an interesting thing because that connects us to the future, not so much just the knowledge, but the consciousness is our device for the future. And if we don't have that consciousness, however much we have information and knowledge, we are not acting on that. The acting on your knowledge requires consciousness. And this we may not always we have. But uh, if we don't have it, then we always kind of a step back and we are not taking the best information we have at, uh, available, which is what we see happening. In, in in today in a lot lot in a different part. But I feel like I already know this place. It was the last time our eyes collided. So is it for you consciousness like like a glue between all of that or how would you define it? The consciousness, no, it's it's actually an individual thing, really. Uh, it's it, it it is it is our capacity to understand how we are as a part of the whole. I mean, and I'm not talking metaphysically. I'm talking very concretely. What's happening out there in the world, and and how we are a part of that in in our own life. It's really the question of how are we contributing, not just the taking. You know, kind of a learning this from back from from the old days that all you need is to take, extract from yourself and, and, and try to build a kind of a good life. I don't think that that's a recipe for the future. The recipe for the future is that uh, we get the most of the joy and happiness to our lives when we are actually contributing to the others. And for that, you need, again, awareness and a consciousness. And of course, you need a lot of knowledge and information as well. But those two things sort of uh, combined 
those two assets combined gives us the leverage to actually to have a meaningful life and also to contrib- contribute to something positive. Mm-hmm. So there is a difference between old industrial models that 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 you were investigated and something something other something new. Can you share an example or two of organizations that have uh, successfully made this transition? Yeah, I well I often see this that um uh our our organizations and companies are are still very much stuck to this idea that the the only thing that they need to be doing is that they are focusing on the shareholders' values and and uh, and bringing more value to them, and that's about it. And also getting something to their own pocket. Now, if you look at the, some of the companies, like uh, my favorite example is always Patagonia, the the outdoor gadget company from California. It's a representative of a company that says that, well, our mission is is to do actually something about our farm full um, 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 relationship with our environment. And everything we do is related to that. So stating from what type of the clothes we are actually uh, making, uh, what happens to those clothes after the uh, the people have used them, and that they can actually bring it back to the store and it can be called to the second hand store of the same company and 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 if there needs to be repaired the company repairs that so this is the idea of the continuity and circularity um and and, and so when you when you start to do those things people that are kind of a conscious enough they they understand okay this company is doing something completely different to many others and and we like that, so we we become sort of a loyal to that type of the company. And I think this is the type of the movement that is that is now raising in the, in the corporate world that uh, that that is not just the, the 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 company's mission to to make profit. It is actually to contribute to society in a positive way. And if it gets profit from that, that's all fine. But that's not that's not the primary. And if you look at the the, particularly the young people's values change, uh, you can see that they actually start to take much care of that. Uh, it's probably the, the previous gen- generations, <laughs> let's say my generation, that, 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 that often neglects that aspect. But the, but the younger generation is much more conscious, coming back again to this. They are conscious because their level of awareness is simply much higher and 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 they know that we need to change our ways how we are how we are doing these things in the world so so that is something really exciting for me as a future is that i see this change and transition happening and the only challenge is that do shall, do we do it sort of a quick enough regarding that human focused approach let's go one meta level up and speak about the future of cities what do you see as the key f- factors in creating that kind of more human-focused uh, cities, he- healthy, mobile, mobile urban environments? Yeah. So my critique uh, for uh, towards the the cities that we have built has been the following. So for the if you look at our cities anywhere almost in the world for the last seven seventy to eighty years. Uh, they have made with the 
I would say almost like the sole purpose of of being uh, kind of a commercially alive. Uh, so uh, the commercial aspect has been a kind of a primary. And uh, and of course, there needs to be people also, but they can go and they we can have a residential area and then they can go to their work, to the, whatever their work is, factories or offices, and then they go back. And and that's been kind of the the image of the of the of the city. But now this is changing, and this is changing very rapidly. I saw that the change actually started to happen somewhere in the 1990s. They were the first sort of uh, cities that started to design. For instance, Vienna, which is a famous city, uh, uh, redesigned completely its its inner city by pushing out the cars, allowing some buses there. But basically, it was a for a pedestrian area. That was a huge success. And then the Copenhagen take, made the same thing, and then the others started to follow the suit slowly but surely. And now, when you look at it everywhere, you know, Los Angeles, Sydney, uh, uh, also Asian cities, uh, Singapore, all of those, they start to do the same thing because it's it's really a movement. And the 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 at the core is the human experience. The most of the cities are now no, sorry. The most of the people are now living in the cities, and 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 there is now the realization that well, they, it's their home. It's not just a place where they go to work, and uh, but they raise their kids, and and it's their environment. And and for the most part, they don't have a chance to go out in the nature in the week. And maybe we Finns do because we have so much of that. But that's that's a rarity. That's that's not a that's not a use location. So you need to bring the the green and the social and the human scale in the cities. And this is exactly what is happening everywhere. So there's a finally realization that that's the only way that we can make a cities alive otherwise they are this kind of a ghost cities where the cars are going back and forth and in the evening there is nothing there's no movement anywhere and uh, and many of the american cities by the way have have become exactly like that and and now they are changing too but uh, but it was very very heavy unidirectional development of the 70, 80 years where this type of the ideology was that, you know, it's it's made solely for commercial purposes and and the inf- infrastructures are everything and infrastructures are basically for cars. And and so this uh so this whole idea about the mobility was kind of built into the cars, of course, to some extent to the to the uh, public traffic as well, but that was of the lesser extent. And so and now now the change is happening, and 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 that that is the very, uh, um, I would say, a very very hopeful development because um, this trend that we have seen so many decades taking place uh, about people moving from rural places to the cities, and whether we want it or not, it's going to continue. Uh, uh, that's there are of course the primary the economic reasons for that. Uh, even if it's not sort of a unidirectional now with the mobile work and with the distant work and with the e-work and all that, people have more opportunities to choose their places. So maybe quite a few of them actually want to go back to the countryside, which is also very nice. So so there is some more sort of a flexibility there. But but in the big scale of things, uh, um, yes, people are moving more and more into the cities. 
all I ever do at night. Erase my words and then again I write. Ooh, 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 Drop by drop by drop drop drop. I feel the pool and I'm ready to dive. In the context of cities, what is the future of traveling? So <clears throat> there are some assumptions that there will be less traveling than than today, that people will be more oriented to those local communities where they will produce their own food, etc. Yeah, I mean, look at the situation. It's actually quite interesting because even now uh, you, you, you go and ask any company and I'm in the board of some companies I, and I see that people are simply traveling much less after the pandemic. Yes, it was the kind of a recognition at that point that things can be done differently. So this kind of a useless traveling that you go for the one meeting, you know, you, you fly three, four hours somewhere just to have a one or two hours and then you go back. I mean, we didn't laugh at that. That was a normal <laughs> before the pandemic. Now we laugh about it. Who who would like to do that? I mean, it's it's crazy. So uh, so uh, so that that is the one thing that changes. The second thing that is changing is that um, because of uh, uh, these um, uh, VR and R R A R, so all this kind of a new intelligence and the, and and uh, and the technology, it enables maybe people to take a short visit to somewhere without actually going to the place. And that is, of course, something which we're going to see much more coming now. This is maybe the first decade when these type of the technologies will be really created because it's so much. It's, it has the same comfort, actually, than the comfort of doing this with two of us now, you know, in the in the separate countries and, and, and not doing it in the same place. And, and so it's this kind of... Um, I see that the principle of this, what I call the sixth way, which is the 2010 to 2050, it is really all about the resource efficiency. We, we really start to look how we are using our resources more efficiently because this far, frankly speaking, we haven't really done that. We have just the, uh, squander our resources in one way or another, and we haven't really had much thought about it. All we want to is just to have a more and more stuff, more of this, more of that. And, and then they are laying on the corners and, and we hardly use them. I mean, even our cars, we hardly use them. The average use of the car is two, two to three percent uh, of the 24 hours. So does that make sense, particularly in the cities? I understand people are using it in the countryside, but does that make sense in the cities? Most, in most cases, not. Definitely not. There needs to be another way how you can, if you need that, to have access to the car and, and then you use it, but then then you leave it and somebody else can use it. So all of this type of the intelligence that we need to be building the system is now becoming possible, uh, partly because of the, the consciousness rising, but, but because of the technology that we have at our disposal at this time of the history. So so all of this kind of a combined, we all this kind of a mobility, logistics, uh, transportation, it's gonna be changing dramatically, and we see in the beginning of that.
And Dubai is probably one of those cities. I mean, there are some insane YouTube videos last couple of years with with amazing projects. And and you have a role at the Dubai Future Academy as well. Yeah, yeah. Dubai was really extremely interesting uh, experience for me. Yeah, I was working full time there for for about two years, and it's really is it hot it's really hot it's <laughs> it's really contradictory city it's like it's so hot and, and and dry and of course in the winter it's beautiful actually it's it's the it's the it's kind of the best that you can imagine but then it's a very long hot uh, uh summer but what i particularly find interesting about dubai is is really that they build this miracle of this huge metropolitan city turn into the business hub transportation hub tourist hub in a matter of decades on the sand uh, uh and in the village which was there before that and and of course they, they did that with the help of the some some oil money but but still they did that and and that was amazing feat i i really uh, uh i'm i i i'm really astonished when i found this and and so now the problem and that's why they partly called me there was that well okay all this is great and good but world again is changing uh, first of all, there's going to be the end of the oil era. So they also need to think the region. It's not so much of the problem of Dubai, but the region that, well, where do they get their sources of income in the future if there is no demand for the oil, at least to that extent that it is been now? The secondly, uh, is that uh, they need to be on the forefront for, for combating climate change because if it's going to continue, in this type of a scale up, which the, all the emissions and temperatures going higher up, it's going to be mostly inhabitable in the 40 to 50 years. You know, it's a 60 degrees. Nobody can live there and the infrastructure is kind of a melting down. It's, it's just impossible. So, uh, so, so all of that face, they face a lot of, they face a lot of challenge. But they also want to learn and they, they want to kind of rejuvenate themselves and, and understand what type of the role is. And what I find really interesting is that as we are moving away from this Western-centric uh, era anyway, it's going to be much more impact on that region to the world, but on, of course, Asia, uh, later on Africa, and maybe also South America, where I just came a couple of days ago. So it, it is like um, uh, it's this area. These are the, the the regions that are showing the future, where most of the interesting innovations will come. They are not necessarily coming here in the West. It's gonna gonna be there because they have much more thirst for, much more demand, and 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 people are ambitious there, and 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 so. Uh, and that's always the guy. I mean, that's the tidal wave now that is going on that direction. And of course, if you want to understand something of the future, you cannot be stuck here in the West. This, this is not the way you can understand the future. Future, you need to be seeing where it actually takes place and happens. And it's not definitely the West. Crashing on the moon, calling mission control. 
Thought I'm getting higher, but I'm flying too low. I see the earth is spinning and I can't let go. So we have this disruption and we have entrepreneurship as the podcast is 21st century entrepreneurship in the context of disruption and for entrepreneurs any key messages regarding those topics that we that we have discussed mm. Mm. okay very good so my message to the entrepreneurs is this um look at the how the world develops and where are the true needs because i think the 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 true entrepreneur since the time of the you know editor and ford all of those guys they understood that there was something out there was a need and the need was that to do something easier simpler more fast and uh and and, and bring more joy to the life uh and business of course and and this is still true this is still the true recipes So uh, when I look at the needs of the world, I'm, I'm saying that, well, yes, uh, the sustainability will be the key agenda. And that means that whether it's about the harnessing these new technologies like uh, artificial or machine learning or Internet of Things or, or blockchain, it's about how to build a very new level of resource efficiency, how to be much more faster but at the same time safer and at the same time you don't have to put so much uh, uh, material inputs there just think about the energy i mean the world energy is still made 80% by fossil fuel, which is absolutely crazy. And 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 we need to kind of a swap this in the fast, in a matter of 50, 20 years. Otherwise, there is no future for this planet. And so to do that, we need a lot of innovation there. How to be faster with developing these new wind, wave, solar, geothermal technologies, how to deliver them fast, how to have them in the gadgets so that all the gadgets will have their own energy production instead of constantly plugging in here and there. All of this is still to come. We don't have it at the at, at currently. And even all those uh, renewables are still the beginning to be market competitive and, and still they are underdogs when it comes to the energy production or even electricity production. So. So, uh, and this is just one answer. Then the second, materials. I mean, look at our material world. I mean, the materials that are recycled in this world is still 9% only, 9% of all the stuff. Everything else goes to the landfills, 
uh, uh, to the waste. It's 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 maddening. It's maddening. So we need again new, not only new innovation and technologies, but new models. Actually, how we how we how we build this kind of a circularity and and simply intelligent into our system. Again, the huge opportunities for 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 entrepreneurs to come up with their fresh ideas on that and 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 combat and and overcome these very old ways. And and the second is health. I mean look at what we are what we are drinking and 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 eating. It's mostly rubbish. I mean we are not keeping our health in place. And and that's because again this is the very old way of uh, of, of producing uh, uh, kind of a cheap uh, food with almost no nutrition for the for the masses, and uh, and and then there's only these high end kind of a things that okay now I get the really nice super food blah blah blah. No, it's not. In the future, it will be the other way around that the the, the mainstream food would be the really nutritious one, and then there is only a little fraction maybe couple of burger places somewhere that are still offering some old stuff but 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 but, but to to get again to 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 leap into that future so imagine your future first what is it that is your offering and how is it kind of a placed into the future where world is going has to be looking very different from now and then from there come today and think what you need to do to step one step two Two, step three, and so forth, and and there is so much space to 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 uh, to innovate and to kind of a make a leeway for more more intelligent and rational way of of you know producing products and 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 also consuming and delivering. So all of this that I've been speaking here with Martin, uh, you can find a lot of material in my YouTube channel, which you will find very easy just by typing my name. And in the YouTube, I'm also available in Instagram and TikTok. So all of these three channels, I have a lot of material for you if you want to dive deeper into any of these topics and many other topics that I have mentioned in the course of this podcast. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik.